Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak, and today we got one of our, uh, I would say relatively new staff, but he, he's been around for a while. His name's Javi. He's graduated from UCLA. Um, just a great guy. I'm glad to have him here on our team. And today we just want to dive in a little bit and talk about like Hispanic Heritage Month and just as an organization serving the community and how we try to re- represent it the best we can and and the struggles, the hardships that we get into, like he just brought, we were just prepping a little bit and just brought this crazy comment and we're like diving into it and how we thought about it and what we went down. So Javi, just quick introduction about yourself, who you are, what you do here. You know, I mentioned you graduated from UCLA. You could dive into that a little bit, um, mm-hmm. what, maybe what you studied and we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. Um, so like you said, you know, my name is Francisco Javier Osuna Sayas. Obviously, I go better by Javi. Um, before I go ahead and continue with my intro, I just want to go ahead and uh, quick, uh, give a, a quick land ad- acknowledgement, right? Um, just, a remi- just a reminder that, you know, we are on stolen land, that this is still indigenous land and whatnot. Um, and happy Indigenous Peoples Day as well. Um, with that being said, um, so quick intro, like you mentioned, um, I actually graduated from UCLA last year in 2021. I uh, graduated with my bachelor's degree in sociology and I minored in Chicano, Chicana and Chicanx studies. Um, actually now known as a uh, Chicano, Chicana and Central American studies, mm. which is like a huge, you know, a huge change from like what, what it, what it started off as in terms of the Chicano studies movement. Um, I also want to go give, give a huge shout out to Mount SAC. I did transfer from Mount SAC. I was a, I'm a Mount SAC alumni, uh, Mount SAC proud, definitely. Um, and if I could just talk a little bit more about myself, I'm actually from Masatan, Sinaloa. I was born there. I came over to the U S when I was around four years old. Wow. I came with my mom, came with my, uh, my brothers, um, and I grew up here. I, I always say I grew up in the six two six because I grew up moving around a lot. You yeah. know, growing up was um was always you know a, a struggle just because you know come from a very humble background mm. and um you know things like evictions, having to move you know from place to place and whatnot was was always you know very prevalent in my in my fam, especially since like uh, my mom raised me and my brothers as a single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up you know living in like Whittier, Azusa. Um, Covina, West Covina, Pomona for a cool minute. Yeah. Um, yep. And, uh, and yeah, so this a little bit about, about me. Wow, man. A Whittier man right here. Mm-hmm. Heart, heart for me. I'm, yeah. Born and raised in Whittier. So that, that's kind of cool to hear that. Sorry that, you know, just like the family raising and just having to bounce around. Um, definitely understand it. Um, and just can imagine the difficulties and everything that you had with that. But with that being said, like, because you've experienced this stuff in your past, as well as what you've been able to do, right? You know, go to Mount Sac, graduate, transfer to UCLA, which is, it's one of like the, the prime, almost at high schools, colleges here in California, let alone the United States. And now, you you know, you're working at a nonprofit, kind of giving back to the community that, um, you know, that welcomed you with open arms and that you're a part of and, and, and through that whole circle does that help you when you come back and start working with these kids at different high schools um, that, that you serve? Uh, most definitely. You know, um, I think um, it's one of my biggest reasons for being here. Mm. I think every time I work with a student and I'm working on, on campuses and I see the students, um, I always see a reflection of myself. Mm. You know, I always see a reflection of how I grew up, the things I used to see every day, how I felt, the things that I thought. And... Um, all I want to do is be able to to awaken like their inner hunger in mm-hmm. terms of like life and education, um, because I know that's what I needed in that moment, you know, 
kind of like provide that that self-discovery and that that um that acknowledgement that you know what like um i am able to use education to better my life mm-hmm. you know that i do have a future in this yeah right that i am able to make it to a, a university like ucla um those are the things that i overall want to expose my students to yeah. besides you know the everyday work that we do working on their mental health doing those social emotional check-ins those engaging discussions with you know the huge variety of uh, curriculum that we have for our students yeah um, that's yeah that's one of my main um one of my main drives and uh, especially working here in Pomona, that's that's where I feel it the most, you know, because, you know, Pomona is Pomona. Yeah, Pomona is Pomona. Pomona has a huge Hispanic population. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have, I mean, they represent a little bit of everything, but majority Hispanic here um, in Pomona. Um, and I guess, you know, when you're working with students, do you feel like you can connect to any student or is it like, you know, you feel like the extra draw to, to students with like your specific background, whether, you know, they're Latinx, Chicano, Chicano, uh, Chicano or Chicana, uh, you know, just different backgrounds. Like, you know, is there any specific draw for you or, you know what, like any kid from the, the urban city you, you want to just work with and pour into? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I do not feel like I could connect to every single student, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their own story. Everybody's um, very unique in that way. Yeah. Um, even though a lot of my, a lot of our stories may overlap, especially with mine. Um, I, I definitely don't think I could connect with every single one of them, yeah. but, um, I know I can resonate, you know, mm. I know I can feel them to a certain point. And, um, as, as far as your question in terms of, like, is there a certain like demographic or type of student that I always want to work with? There is. And, um, it's definitely students that are undocumented because mm. that's, that's my, that's my specific narrative as well. Right. I grew up, um, in the U S you know, being from Sinaloa, being an immigrant and, um, just, uh, growing up undocumented. You know, as a as a young Latino man of color, um, so whenever I see any any other student that comes from a family that's in that similar situation, I give um, I definitely give that extra effort to um to make sure that that I'm servicing them to my full potential. You know, yeah. to my hundred one hundred and ten percent. And yeah, yeah. No, oh, awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, and and as you said, yeah, we can't always do every every student, but I think what you hit on was really important, right? you could still hear and resonate and feel with them, right? You, you might not understand their struggle, right? I don't understand every kid's, like, I've, I haven't lived it, but my heart's for them and I understand their pain. And, right, the goal is for them to not hurt as much as they did in the past, right? And mm-hmm. our job as a mentor is to just work and pour into them and so that tomorrow will be a better day. And then the next day will be a better day. And I think you even said it a little bit earlier is that, you know, that there's a future. There's something for as for you specifically. Education was a changing for you, and and you want to show that that these kids just like yourself have the opportunity um, for education to change and make a change for the not just themselves but their families, right? Because I strongly believe in and just hearing what you're saying. You, I assume you believe it, but education is a changing oh yeah factor most definitely, and it's not. It might not just be like college and but like the education of like finances education of like um you know politics and like the value of my vote or you know how i could give back to the community because a lot of times we don't know what we don't know and we don't know because our parents don't know and their parents didn't know and our community doesn't know so we just do what we've always done because that's just what we did to survive Mm -hmm. and i guess a question for you on that is how do you go in, love a community, love a, a people group, love these kids that you work with, but show them what they know isn't necessarily not always the truth. 
and that there's something better. Because even though it's better, better doesn't mean it's easy. It's definitely a lot scarier because it's fine to do what you're always doing because it's safe. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows how to do it. But going that step above and doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think everybody has a point in their um in their lives where where they go through a certain awakening. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's when um it's right around usually high school, post high school, um, and you begin to like question things like um you know like who who am I exactly mm. right where do I come from um. And it's like you begin to to take more notice of things like social media, things like what's been, things are like uh, what are being portrayed um, on TV, on um, on you know TV series, movies, etc. Um, and you begin to reflect on like how you are portrayed as as you know yourself. Where do, where do you resonate the most? You know where do you see yourself? Mm. You know being depicted and whatnot. Um, and unfortunately, for you know a lot of um, a lot of communities, you know that come from. Latinx backgrounds that are Latinx, Latino, Latina, um, those are not always the best images, mm. right? It's not always um, the most, um, how do you say, it, ideal role models that you have when in terms of uh, how in movies, you know, like Narcos, you know, you see like these yeah. dudes, yeah, you know, like everyone's favorite sh- TV show, like our Netflix anyways, like, exactly. yeah, let's do it. But, you know, yeah, they're doing great. Like, they're awesome, but it's like, well, mm-hmm. they're just drug cartels. And hey, so exactly, you know? So it's like um, you begin to have that awakening and it's like during that awakening where it's, it's most important to, to begin to ask questions about like where you come from and who you are mm. and, th- and things like that, right? Because um, what I want to speak on a lot is um, kind of like my own, my own journey and my, my own journey and my own awakening in terms of like me noticing like who I am as a, as a Latino, you know, from Mexico, mm-hmm. as a Latino man of color. And it was, it was that. It was like growing up like, yo, I didn't. I didn't know what, you know, a successful brown man looked like. Mm. You know, as far as I knew, um, my dad wasn't around. Like, he did when I was 13, you mm. know. The closest person, you know, that, that I had, you know, were my older brothers. And if I could just give some, like, rough statistics, um, my oldest brother was deported, mm. you know, um, when, when, I was, uh, when I was a lot younger. Um, he's in and out of rehab and whatnot. My next brother... Um, has three kids now and you know works in a in a, in a factory um my brother after that also got deported mm. my next brother after that, i got five older brothers by the way. okay <laughs> yeah my, my next my brother my brother after that um was incarcerated and i'm on the verge of being deported as well but now he's out um you know he's a dad as well you know father of three three children um different moms and whatnot but it's all right and then after that i had uh, my brother that's right after me that um, just works. He's actually recently going back to school, but this is when I was younger, right? So he, he was going to school when I was going to school. He's three years older than me. So I, I didn't know what, what being like successful looked like, you mm-hmm. know? And, I, and it's, a lot of these, it's a lot of these younger Latino, Latina, um, you know, youth that are in that same position where it's like you don't grow up with the best role models all the time, especially here in Pomona, right? So it's during this awakening when you begin to question who you are and things like that, that you need that the process comes of looking for that positive role mentor, right? Looking for that positive um, femtor, mentor, person that that you see succeeded, you know, and and that you know that you can be like, and that's 
that's where I began my awakening when I graduated, you know, from high school. And um, I used to play a lot of soccer. Soccer didn't work out. I wasn't, I didn't um, go play, you know, like D1 or anything like that. Um, but I began to look like, okay, you know, where can I be successful? And I always knew um, like education was, was a path. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, decided, I just decided to give it a try. I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a couple community college classes. And then that's when I met counselors, professors, um, people that were involved in activism that looked like me. Mm-hmm. And that's when like that began, that awakening when I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is where I could be, you know? This is where I, this is where someday I can I can graduate from. You know, this is where someday, you know, I can be in this in this role. Um, so, yeah. Wow. No, that's awesome. And I was going to say, it sounds like that happened to you, right? You're trying to figure out who you were, what you're doing. And I was going to say, is that kind of what led you down that path of like Chicano, Chicano studies, Central American studies? Or yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's why I began to take those classes. Um, that's why I began to take sociology classes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, these were classes that I was, where not only like I was learning new material that I felt like was, was interesting, mm-hmm. but where I was learning about myself, mm-hmm. you know, where I was learning, you know what, that, um, immigration has been happening forever, yeah. you know, that it started off with, um, uh, with, uh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking now. With, Are you talking um, about the United States or like ancient societies? Um, no, I'm talking about like the United, yeah, no, I'm talking about the United yeah, States yeah. In, gen- in specific, you know, I'm talking about California. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the Bracero program, you know, when people were literally immigrating from Mexico to the U.S. just to come work and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that's why Chicano studies was like such a big thing for me because I began to learn these things, even though it wasn't like specific, specifically, you know, to my story. It was, you know, around the time where I was like, OK, you know, these are the things that, you know, th- these are the things that I relate to where I can come yeah. from and whatnot. And obviously growing up, you know, and being in high school. The histories that you're taught on don't always reflect yourself. Yeah. Right. They're, they're not always a reflection of, you know, black histories, you know, Latino, Latinx histories and whatnot. Um, and that's why, you know, like, quote unquote, we're talking about Hispanic Heritage Month. But like the word Hispanic, right? Like, where does it even come from? Mm. You know, it comes from the 70s. It comes from, you know, the I believe it's the Nixon era mm. um, where the Census Bureau was trying to, like, figure out, you know, okay, you know, what do like what do Latinos look like? You know, mm-hmm. on the Census Bureau, it's like, okay, are you white or, you know, are you black? You know, it was like, it was this binary. And it's like, bro, like, I'm brown. Like, I'm, I'm in between. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you know, the word Hispanic was created in order to to box, you know, these people in. And it was like, okay, you know, these are anybody, these are peoples that come from anywhere, you know, below the border. Okay. You know? And it's like, obviously, we don't fit in that box anymore. Right? Mm. We don't fit in that box because there's Afro-Latinos now. You know, because there's indigenous Latino, you know, Latino gente. You know, it's just a huge, like, plethora of yeah. different peoples that that, you know, just don't always identify behind that word anymore. So mm-hmm. it's like, what has it done? It's it's learned to to grow, to evolve into words that are more inclusive, like Latino, Latina, Latinx, which is, which is inclusive to transgender communities and whatnot. Um, but I wanted to go back to to what you were talking about earlier and having that grace, right? Mm. Having that oh, grace yeah. for like yeah. what people, yeah, exactly. Because these are big words, you know? These are words that, that people have created, you know, whole like um, a whole curriculum, a whole major from. You know, yeah. um, and, th- and that major is like split into like another major and there's like multiple majors popping exactly. up the same topic. And so just trying to like develop and learn that and being able to have that grace because there's times that we're like, we don't know. And I think as a person, like the goal is like, I want to know, I want to learn, but I know because of my history, what I know, and I've been trained, you know, I'm now 31, crazy to think about, but you know, for 18, 20 years of my life, it was one word. Then it changed. And now I'm adapting and I'm changing and learning. But then it changes again. And I think that's a big part of it. And yeah, you want to kind of talk a little bit more about that whole grace aspect of it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think how you said, you know, it's it's complex. You know, it continues to change. It continues to evolve as our as our communities become more conscious and whatnot. Um, so, but in terms of having grace, right? What I what I really mean or what I really want to get at is in terms of um, you have to you have to meet the community where they're at. Yeah, always, every single every single day. Yes. You know, if you're trying to raise the if you're trying to to, to raise the consciousness of, of your community in terms of less, and, you know, in this, in this term, or right now we're talking about, you know, the Latinx community, like, oh, you know, you get a lot of pushback with, with the word Latinx from, from a lot of older folk, mm-hmm. right? A lot of older Latinos, Latinos are always like, what? Like, what you mean? You know, there's, there's an X, there's no X, there's only A or O, you know, there's only <laughs> like a man or a woman, that's it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's like how you said, you know, like, this isn't their, what they've known their whole lives, mm. you know? And all of a sudden, you know, like people, you know, like, like it's changing, you know? Yeah. People change, um, but it's always super important to make sure that you meet the community where they're at, that you're like, yeah, you know what? I understand. Like it has been this for, for a minute, you know, but it's like now can be, now comes that the hard part, which is mm. all right. Now let's begin to teach. You know what? This is why it shouldn't be that. Or, you know, this is why the word has evolved now, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like that part I feel like is always missed. You know, mm-hmm. that part I feel like is always um, overlooked in terms of meeting the community where they're at because that is the hard part. Yeah. That is where the true work is done, you know, because it's so easy. It's so easy to just pull, like polarize yourself and just be like, nah, you know what? Let's just completely forget about that. Let's completely forget about all the older folk that, you know, just don't believe in it. And, you know, let's just do our own thing. Yeah. They're, they're going to die soon. You know, whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. We, we don't yeah, have to worry yeah. about that. I don't want to say that, but, <laughs> but well, yeah, exactly. I mean, those That's are the, the thought, thoughts right? that people have. Like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you know, they're old, they're stuck in their ways, you know, mm-hmm. soon they'll mm-hmm. be gone. But the funny thing is, yeah, you might think that, but if you look at the past 20, 30 years, like all these phrases have changed. What's going to happen when you become that age? Exactly. Is it going to change again? And you'll be like, they're going to have that same thoughts about you. And we can't like, you know, if we care about the community, we got to care about the whole community. We can't just care about, you know, the demographic from like eight to 18. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause exactly. like, you know, there's always changing. It's always growing. You know, if we care about them, there has to be a touch with the parents, you know, with the care and support the parents because, you know, for the kids that you see, how many hours would you see one student, let's say, in a week? Uh, oof, how many hours do I see one student? Yeah. Just like, 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 you know, let's say I'm your student. I'm part of your program at Ganesha High School that you work at. How many times would you, how, how many hours would you probably see me at oof. Ganesha? If, I'm, if I have you for group, I see you for about maybe 35 to 45 minutes. If it's just a one-on-one session, I meet with you weekly, and that's a fifteen-minute, fifteen to twenty-minute session. So the max that you get to see me in a week is forty-five. At me, yep, max. The max. But if a parent, like, you know, even if a parent has like two, three jobs, like they're still home, they get to see their kid, you know, for hours. Mm-hmm. And so, if if I can only support you for forty-five minutes, but if I support your mom or I support your dad, and they get to see you for hours that impact is even greater because my 45 minutes only has a 45 minute impact. But if I could impact your parents for 45 minutes and then they can impact you for hours, that's a greater change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we want to ultimately serve and care, we have to look at that in multiple stages. And I think that's kind of why justice for youth kind of became like a holistic approach and, you know, wraparound services is because like we see a kid with one need and then all of a sudden they have like 30 other needs. Like, well, like, we 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 have to help. We got to do something, mm-hmm. and we just kind of like it. Just kind of just giant snowball. And I've been working my butt off to tell Eric we need to stop with these programs, <laughs> but knowing him, we'll, we'll keep going. 
who knows if you'll listen to this podcast and let me know if he's like, dang, call me out, boy. But, uh, you know, that's what it is, right? This is what we care about. And as you said, like, you know, we need to care about that community. We need to care about these different age groups. We need to care and support them. We need to be both learning on both sides, right? Even if I come in and say like, hey, this phrase is technically wrong. We, we should probably update it and change it. We still have to come in, not just, you know, having grace for them for messing up, but like understand like, this is something that's been ingrained in them for years, 40, 50 years ingrained with them. And then all of a sudden you have to tell that person like what they've known their whole life is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hardest part, right? Like you don't want me as a white male to come in the community that everything you've done in your entire life is wrong, mm-hmm. right? That's what we can't want. Like we, we can't have, not want, but we can, just can't have it. But I have to come in and see and learn and hear. It's like, ah, so you're doing this, you're doing that. All right, let's maybe rather than like I'm not saying you're doing it wrong, but let's tweak it a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. add this to it. Let's see how it how it affects it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we have to be with each part of our community, right? Because we're always learning, we're always adapting, we're always changing. I think that's what's great about being human. It's like we could always become better. There's always things that you know shape and mold us and change us, right? Obviously, once we get a certain age, like we stop like physically growing, like height wise. Mm-hmm. But like you know, if you go to the gym, Javi does. So it's like you know his muscles get bigger you know for me i haven't gone to the gym since pre-covid so like my muscles are getting smaller like i'm our bodies are constantly changing they're adapting but the question is what are we wanting our bodies to change and adapt to exactly and it's um it's how you say you know like uh in terms of instead of making sure that you make that connection you know with 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 past you know previous generations and whatnot and older folk and all that because at the end of the day like how you were saying, you know, that we've created so many programs, you know, just has created so many programs to service students, to service our, our, our clients in so many different angles and ways. Mm-hmm. Why? Because at the end of the day, it takes a, it takes a village. Yeah. It takes a village to raise a child. It doesn't just take, you know, two parents and whatnot. It takes, you know, your teachers, it takes your counsel, your counselors. Yeah. It takes your mentors. Um, it takes all these different type of people to make sure, you know, that one, one student, one person is growing, you know, in, a, in the most holistic way possible. You know, so it's important. It's important to meet again, to meet that community where they're at and whatnot. Um, and I feel like it's also difficult. It's mm. difficult because there's, you know, this narrative that that a lot of Latino folk or the, a lot of lot youth um, that in specific are Latino go through where it's like, you know, um, where they feel like, you know what, ni soy de aquí ni de allá. You know, mm. and then I'm not even, I'm not from here and I'm not from over there either. Why? Because it's like um, you grow up seeing you know specific images you know seeing your parents you know and they you know the way they grow speaking spanish and whatnot you know you like you hear a lot about nowadays these kids like these no sabo kids mm-hmm. you know where it's like oh it's a kid that you know grew up you know obviously with parents who speak spanish obviously you know with a very you know like latino latino latinx background um but they don't even know spanish you know mm-hmm. so it's like automatically they're disqualified like oh you're not mexican then yeah. You know, then you're not really Latino, Latina. Yeah, you're too whitewashed to be part of our group. Exactly. But then you're too brown to be part of the other group. And so it's like, who am I? Exactly. And there's you know. just huge loss and just seeking, you know. And I think that a lot of a lot of things stem from that. Um, a lot of hurt, a lot of brokenness. Because, like, you know, talk about racism, right? There's racism on both sides. Like, you're, you're being accused on one from your, essentially, your family, saying you're not family because you're too white. You know, mm-hmm. you listen... Instead of listening to, you know, the, the Spanish music, you know, you listen to Taylor Swift, right? You know, whatever, right? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. everyone loves Taylor Swift. Um, and But then on, on the other side, you know, you know, like, oh, like, you're brown. Like, you ain't white. So mm-hmm. it's like you're kind of, like, looked down upon because of that. And, you know, especially working with kids, like, younger kids, 
you know, they can be really cruel. They could be, mm-hmm. you know, because they want to try to make themselves seem cooler or better. And this, they say very hurtful things a lot of times. And for those, you know, Latinx youth that are growing up that are lost, they don't know. It's like, am I one side? Am I on the other side? I'm. You don't feel connection to either. Exactly. And then you're, you're just being called out on every side. But then also, like, you, you're the, you know, the you're the fortress for your family because you're like the translator to your parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but then you get you know crapped on because like your English isn't isn't as good. But it's like you have to think about it's like I'm 31. I can't speak two languages. There's kids that are speaking two languages and supporting a family by making sure they sign the right legal documents correctly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're giving them slack because you know they didn't turn in the homework. They didn't do yeah. this stuff, but they're taking care of the family and doing this other stuff. It's like man, like this kid is smarter than a 31 man who only knows one language. And I even hate. English like I hate the grammar stuff I hate the commas the semicolons it doesn't make sense to me but there's a kid who's you know 15 years old that is fluent in both but you know they didn't turn in their English homework today so we're gonna give them crap about that it's like no like where's where's our grace for these kids that they're they're doing all this amazing stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly and it's like you know where, where where does that sentiment come from where it's like you know what well you know you're not you're not this enough to be to be Latino. You're not this. You're not that enough to be la, Latina. You know, um, yeah. what, whatever it may be, you know, it's like where where does it all come from? You know, it comes from you know this this idea. You know, with these images that that have been portrayed as far as we know to be Latino, to be Latina. Oh, you know what? You're a cholo. Obviously, you're Mexican. You know, <laughs> like um. Oh, you know, your parents are Mexican. They're obviously gardeners. Yeah. You know things like that. Oh, you know they obviously work in a restaurant as a cook, and it's like thinking of. Hispanic Heritage Month, yeah. you know, like, all right, let's celebrate, right? But let's celebrate, like, all the identities that fall into being Latino, Latina, Latinx, you know, Afro-Latinidad, you know, yeah. being Central American, being Southern American, so on and so forth, you know? It's like um, we have to begin to, again, go through that awakening, go through that consciousness that um, Hispanic Heritage Month does not mean, you know, like, um, that you're waving around only a Mexican flag, you know? There's more than one country south of the border. Most definitely. Most definitely, you know. And, you know, and that, and that includes, you know, like other other identities, other people that don't speak Spanish necessarily as well, you know, because those exist as well. But, yeah. Um, yeah, man. No, this was great, man. Thanks so much for jumping on today, Javi. It's been great to kind of like dive into this topic. And I feel like we could go on forever, and you know, just hearing what you have to say. Um, I think we definitely need to bring you back for another one. We could talk about anything else. We don't need to be just yeah, his, Hispanic Heritage Month or whatnot. We would just bring you on. And so for, for those who are listening, right, whether you're youth out there, whether youth workers, parents, community members, like hit us up. If you've got questions, want to hear, give us feedback, you know, leave us reviews. You know, we're on every um, podcast platform, you know, iTunes, Google, Spotify, um, you can reach out to us on our social media at Justice for Youth on pretty much every platform. Um, email us info at ju4y.org and just kind of hear from us. And we love to get your feedback. We love to kind of bring other things. You want us to hit up different topics about being a youth worker and the communities we serve. That's what we're here for. So, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for checking in this time for Life in the Urban City podcast. We'll, we'll see you guys next week, next month, whenever you guys tune in to listen to us. Peace, everyone. Yeah.